Today, you have a chance to become a premium member of the podcast. Click one of the premium membership levels and you can get everything from a free book by an ag arts artist to free postcards to extra bonus interviews to the chance to have a piece of writing critiqued by me and a free workshop or reading by Mary Swander. So go to those show notes, scroll down and click to become a premium member. Thank you so much for your support. Most folks thought what up was down. We all lived and gave our soul. Did it all floating cold? Daddy rolled at the crack of dawn. And when I could, I'd tear the line. Captain said, what a fine young man Put a pick in that boy's hand It's the call-in catastrophe show from KLUU Get a Clue Radio from sunny downtown Fremartintown. Call us with your questions, your opinions, your hopes and fears in response to our blizzards, derechos, droughts, tornadoes, and floods. Spring is coming soon. No telling what this one will bring. Call us. We let you air your anxiety on air about any catastrophe you are experiencing, large or small. We're here for you in any emergency. Okay, so we have our first caller. KLUU Radio, call in catastrophe. You're on the air. Hello? You're on the air. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Could you put your dog outside? That's better. Now, what's on your mind? Well, you were right about those derechos. What do you mean? Well, remember last time we were talking about naming them? Like they do them hurricanes. Oh, right. We didn't want to repeat human hurricane names, so we thought naming derechos after old cars might work. Yeah, yeah, remember? Like Edsel, we came up with that, and then Studebaker, I think I suggested GTO. Oh, yeah, now I remember. Well, I heard on TV the other night that these weathermen in Washington, D.C. wanted to do just that, name the derechos. We've had so dang many of them. Huh? Due to climate change, I suppose. Nah, 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 nah. Weird weather, we're calling it. We've had plenty of that. But humans don't cause it. I repeat, humans do not cause it. I know who's in charge of weather, and it ain't humans. Okay, 
So they admitted we were right about deratios. So confusing. Deratio 1, deratio 2, the one back in August, the one in December. I'm telling you, those weathermen in Washington, D.C. were just shaking their heads. What do we call them? What do we call them? So as usual, we're ahead of those old boys in the government. Good point. Oh, no, here's another caller coming in. Hello, you're on the air, KLUU, Get a Clue Radio. It's the call-in catastrophe show. Okay, good. You turned your radio down. Now, what's on your mind? The government. Those meteorologists? Not that government. The state government. The legislature. What did they do? They're messing. They're messing with regulations. Those legislators. Oh, yes, too many regulations. But don't you want clean water? I'm not talking water. I'm talking about those legislators loosening the child labor and safety laws. Those regulations. So wait, wait. So you're worried about loosening regulations? I am. They're saying they don't have enough laborers in the state. So they're loosening the laws so they can put 14-year-olds in the meatpacking plants. And get this, down in the mines. The mines? That's right. I read it in the paper. They want to send the kids down in the mines. Do we even have any active coal mines left in the state? Or lead mines? No. The coal mines are all closed. And them lead mines, they're long gone. They're long gone. And you know what? They didn't fill most of them in. That's why your lawn or your whole street, for that matter, can collapse suddenly into a sinkhole. Well, I suppose that does happen. Oh, yeah, it happens. Half a Des Moines was built on abandoned mines. Oh, I didn't know that. Now, there's a call-in catastrophe show waiting to happen, titled The Missing Cul-de-Sac. Right, right, I'll put that on the schedule. Yeah, they don't want to pay an adult a decent wage and benefits. So now they're changing the laws so they can hire kids, cheap labor, keeping the immigrants out, using kids instead. Kids are probably even cheaper than the immigrants. Kids! In meatpacking plants. It's criminal. Right, now, can you stay on the line? Yeah, th there's another caller wanting to say something. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're on the air. KLUU, get a clue radio. You're on the call-in catastrophe show. Hello. Go ahead. He hello. Can you hear me? Go ahead. Well, frankly... I don't see anything wrong with giving kids a job. Even a job as a miner? I told you, we don't have mines anymore. We have sinkholes. They're spoiled. Let those kids work. They just laze around all day in the summer. It'll save money. Save money for the meat packers? You want those rich people to have more money? No. Save money on the schools. Taxpayers' dollars. I 
say shut down the schools after eighth grade, all the schools. Who needs all that education anyway? Save so much money and let those kids work. It'll be good for them. Oh, but we can't let them go down in the mines or the meatpacking plants. We need our kids. Sure we do. We need them to do chores. We need them to detassel. Now that's a decent summer job. Or ride the bean bar. Detasseling. At least that's above ground. Sunburn can be bad, but not as bad as frostbite working in the freezer at the meat packing plant. Nah, let them get outside in the sunshine, in the cornfields, or the bean fields. That's where they've been, and that's where they belong. As long as the next derecho, the Kaiser Manhattan, doesn't get them. And that concludes this week's Calling Catastrophe show, folks, where you air on the air. And we're here for you in any emergency. I feel the dust upon my tongue. Feel the pain down in my lungs. Time to leave has come and gone. Nothing left but to carry on Way down here in this old coal mine Where the sun, it did not shine Sweating toil till the day is done But I'll be back Sweating tall till the day is done, but I'll be back when What are you doing this afternoon? A man's voice came over the line on the telephone. I didn't know if I were being harassed or this was someone friendly. It sounded friendly, but a harasser can sound that way too. Who is this? I asked. Well, I'm wondering if you could run me into the doctor in town. The field was narrowing. It had to be one of my Amish neighbors. I hadn't lived in my place, an old Amish schoolhouse, for more than a year. I knew some of my neighbors, but not all of them. And I certainly didn't know them by the sound of their voices. Who is this? I asked again. Moses. Oh, Moses, sure I'll run you into town. I was stumped by the way the Amish seemed to lack manners. They were very polite in their culture, but they didn't have the niceties I was used to. They never introduced themselves on the phone. They never said please or thank you. They might finish a conversation by just walking away. My Irish mother had drilled manners into me as a child. We said, please pass the salt when we wanted it at the family dinner, and thank you when it reached our hands. We said, it's nice to meet you when introduced to a stranger, and I hope to see you again when we departed. We said, hello, come in, come in, when that same person came to the door for another visit, and let me take your coat when they wiggled out of their heavy winter jacket. 
Can I fix you a cup of coffee or tea? When we invited them to sit down in the living room. I learned that manners showed respect for others, that they were the glue that held together a culture. Manners were underscored by religious beliefs. Honor thy father and mother. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Love thy neighbor. Then why did the Amish, a religious society bound together through custom and tradition, skip over manners? At first, my interactions with the Amish seemed curt, abrupt, and a bit disconcerting. Maybe they didn't have words for please and thank you in their German dialect. And so the sentiment didn't translate into English. Maybe they weren't sure about me, a single English woman. Maybe they didn't want to interact with me. But I hadn't contacted them. They'd called me from one of their phone shacks in the middle of a cornfield. Maybe they just wanted to do business and not socialize at all. These interactions remained a mystery. I still took their calls and gradually got better at recognizing their voices. But they continued to speak without identifying themselves and seemed happy to let me guess. Then I did some research about their linguistic patterns and found that the Amish cut out the niceties in their speech for a reason. They thought that manners were an elitist construct. The use of such phrases as please and thank you would make them sound like the upper class, a class that was on a higher social rung than others and one that might look down on others. Research into my mother's speech patterns revealed the opposite pattern. The rich landowners and British lords who had colonized Ireland were the mannered ones. Please and thank you connoted upper class and privilege. The peasants, or shanty Irish, tried to elevate their status by imitating the speech of the elite. Sure, manners conveyed respect, but they also pulled you up in the world, separating you from a long history of poverty and famine. So a Facebook posting interested me this week by the Native American writer James Vukalich. He began his post asking, what kind of culture doesn't have a word for thank you? Midgevich. The Ojibwe word for thank you was only 400 years old. The Ojibwe people were very grateful, Vukalich explained. Then why wasn't there a word for thank you? He theorized that a sense of gratitude is embedded in the language, the culture, the spirituality, and the everyday life of his people. The Ojibwe aren't exchanging anything to get something else. I'm already looking out for my relatives, Vukalich said. I'm not expecting a thank you in return, because when you look at your teachings, this is what you're supposed to do. Another person on Facebook entered a comment about the Quakers who have a lot of customs for removing classist assumptions, like not taking off their hats for someone. Words may have assumptions buried in them of higher and lower address. They don't thank someone higher 
for their condescension, for example. Communal living becomes the common denominator of these three cultures, the indigenous, the Amish, and the Quakers, all more egalitarian than the mainstream hyper-competitive society that puts such stock in those words, thank you. We drill manners into our children because we don't expect them to recognize the sentiment behind civil behavior as a matter of course. We live in hierarchies based on condescension and competition, so politeness can be a surprise. Now I'm surprised when the Amish do identify themselves on the phone. And there is no need, really. After 30 years of living in this community, I know most of my neighbors and the sound of their voices. We don't need to dance around in our conversations. I know they are grateful for a ride to the doctor. I'm grateful I can help. I'm grateful to have them as my neighbors. There's no need to say migwitch. If I were an Amish woman, I'd say migwitch every wash day to my husband. Amish families are large and laundry baskets overflow with dirty socks, overalls, and diapers. The Amish often have separate wash houses near a water source where every Monday morning the old Maytag ringer washer has started up running on gas and the chug, swish, swish, swish of the machine does the hard work of loosening grime from clothes. Then it's through the ringer, watch your fingers, and into the rinse tub, and back again into fresh water in the machine with the agitator churning from side to side. Then it's time to feed the clothes back through the ringer into a second clean tub, and off to hang the clothes on the line, flapping and dancing to whatever tune the wind may be playing waltzes to jitterbugs, depending on velocity. Usually the old Maytag, an antique now, still runs smoothly. The company first started making the machines in 1939 and stopped in 1983. Lucky Amishmen still can find the rare used one at an auction that they buy for parts, but those are becoming more and more scarce. Most Amishmen can keep their Maytags running for their wives with improvised parts, but breakdowns are common these days. And they create a whole chain reaction on the farm. I once went to an Amish wedding where the minister gave advice to the newly wed couple. He turned to the groom and said, Now soon you'll have children, and that will create a lot of laundry and work for your wife. Don't leave your dirty socks all over the house. Don't do that. Pick them up. And if her washing machine breaks down, jump up and fix it right away. Don't put it off. She's standing out there in the wash house waiting on you with a tub full of wet clothes. So most Amish husbands heed this advice. 
removing the belt on the machine on cold mornings to warm it, changing the oil a couple times a year to keep it in tune, and even sometimes joining a Maytag circle letter with other greasy hands, as they call themselves, to exchange tips. One mechanic wrote into Plain Interests about his restoration method for old machines. When they come into the shop, I usually go completely through them and replace any parts that are worn. I also take the legs off, as most are rusty at the back. Some are very, very rusty. I scrub the rest off and give it a paint job. It's always interesting to take one apart and see what condition it's in. Some, after many years of use, are still in surprisingly good shape. But if they were used with water in the gearbox, they are a sorry sight. I stopped into the Free Martintown Agitator shop the other day to check on the Samsung washer and see if it was a sorry sight or if the contest was still going on. It's been over a year since the shop started up the contest, placing bets on the modern washer. Had the washing machine pooped out yet? Nope. There it was in the back room, still running. So those gambling Amish who bet that the new little electric foreign-made machine wasn't worth much and would die in a month or two are out of luck. Check back again next year. But if you want to keep your old Maytag running, the plain interest greasy hand has some tips. Washer ladies, he says, the agitator should run 55 to 60 cycles per minute. Put your hand on the agitator and time it. That is 30 times back and forth in 30 seconds. If the ringer doesn't swing easily, lift it off and put some Vaseline on the stem. If it is stuck, try to lift it a little and spray some penetrating oil in, then let it soak. Don't force it. Then there's trouble. When finished washing, press the pressure release on the ringer to relieve the rollers and springs. Drain the water and pull the agitator out. Then splash some water into the tub twice so that all the dirt and grime washes out. Then leave the lid open until the center plate is dry to prevent corrosion and trouble later. Lay the agitator on the side and the agitator should come out easily. A little Vaseline on the agitator spline helps. Just a little Vaseline. I am now part of the Iowa Writers Collaborative joining the ranks of Pulitzer Prize winner Art Cullen, Douglas Burns, Julie Gamak, Bob Leonard, Laura Bellin, and more fabulous writers. The Collaborative is a network of Substack pages, each writer in his or her own realm, but all linked together. I have created two Substack pages, 
On the first page, Mary Swander's Buggyland, you will get transcripts of Buggyland monologues and interviews, photos, and extra commentaries. On the second page, called Mary Swander's Emerging Voices, you will hear young, diverse voices comment on current topics. Please tune in and subscribe at substack.com, S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K.com. And that brings our episode to an end. We were produced by Rick Brewer of Brew Ha Ha Audio Productions in our studios on Main Street in sunny Fremartintown. We had support today and would like to thank the Cinepid Fund, the Iowa Arts Council, the Werner Ellithorpe Fund at the Oregon Community Foundation, and the Calio Levine Fund, and all of you who have sent us individual private donations. We welcome your support. Like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe and never miss a podcast. Become a member or simply go to our website, agarts.org, and hit that red donation button. See you next time. Brouhaha. Woof, 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 woof.